0: On shoes of the ladder, Morty. To Great gowns, Oral. beautiful gowns. fashion has changed. No, it hasn't. Hi, I'm Lauren Caroni.
1: And I'm Chelsea Fairless, And today we are discussing all of the outfits from the Met Gala. But before we get into that, I feel like I should check in. I haven't seen you in
0: a minute. <laughs>
1: How is the movie going?
0: It's going. It's a marathon. I don't know if it's wise to ask me how it's going halfway through the film shoot, but... You know, we're getting beautiful stuff. We're making our days.
1: I'm now imagining you like Stanley Kubrick yelling at Shelley Duvall in those clips.
0: Yeah, I just start cutting actors' lines. That's what he did. I don't know why anyone would choose to shoot a film for a year continuously as (laughs) Stanley Kubrick did with The Shining. I guess the proof is in the pudding. I look at bad movies differently now. Not that we're making a bad film, but I just sort of, I'm like, yeah.
1: I see what you were trying to do.
0: It is difficult in ways that I did not imagine. Right. That makes sense. We got one more week and then I'm back in your loving, sarcastic arms. (laughs) I will say that the process of making a film has made me appreciate what we do more.
1: What? Because it's like not hard? (laughs) Because we're lazy pieces of shit? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Low risk, high reward. Um <laughs> certainly in light of this writer's strike as well, having our own autonomous thing where we don't have to answer to anyone but the two of us. No, it's beautiful. I would say we should unionize here at the Every Outfit
1: Pod, but
0: <laughs> Who would we be unionizing? I don't know against? what
1: good that would do. <laughs>
0: What would our strikes look like? Our (laughs) strikes happen at the Sunset Tower? Our strikes would
1: look like that fucked up Chanel fashion show where they (laughs) staged like a fake feminist protest. Ugh. Also, because we had to pre-record the last two episodes To accommodate your shooting schedule We never got to discuss our new makeover Which I am very excited about And by our makeover, I mean our new branding Which I've been working on with our friend Stephen Smith Who is a brilliant art director Who's worked for Ralph Simmons and Pat McGrath And now us, what a downgrade Not to be confused with the man that was murdered by the Murdoch family Stephen Smith? Yeah, you you didn't watch it, I take it.
0: Uh, No, I was a little busy. But Stephen
1: designed our our new logo and our cover artwork, and we've both been working on a bunch of fun stuff that's going to be rolling out soon, like merch.
0: I know, finally, guys. We're getting back
1: in the merch game. Well, we could never do podcast merch before because our old logo was like a parody of the old Yves Saint Laurent, Reeve Gauche logo. And I knew that the second that we embroidered it on a hat, we would get a cease and desist. So... Now we have a new logo that doesn't infringe on anyone's intellectual property.
0: It's taken us seven years, but we finally have something that infringes on no one and nothing.
1: It's beautiful. If you would like to hire Steven for your design needs, I will put his info in the show notes. And also, he's getting married this weekend. So
0: congrats to Steven and Jake. That's true. I'm very sad I will be missing this wedding. I know. So sad. Also, because I could have been your plus one for this wedding.
1: I know. I don't have a date because uh, (laughs) someone might be working the coronation. (laughs) It's very Fellini-esque, but I love it. Shall we get into fashion's biggest night?
0: I know. I will say another thing about being on this film shoot is I can't remember another time in my life where I've been this divorced from pop culture. Now I know what it feels like to be a normal person who's just like, (laughs) what happened in the world today? But I was like in between setups, just on my phone, refreshing Instagram and Twitter, watching the red carpet. Well, I am
1: struck by how much information it is to process. I'm glad we took a couple days after the Met Gala to record this episode because it's just a
0: lot. It's overstimulating. Because you look at, you know, what, 400 looks? And I will say that there really is not one singular source that just has Every look with the outfit credits. Well, there is, and it's the Instagram
1: Check the Tag. Shout out to them. Check the Tag is doing what mainstream fashion outlets, for some reason, cannot do in real time. Because Vogue, like, they come through with the credits the day after, but it's never sort of updated as it's happening. So... In general, what did you think? I don't think it was the strongest year for the red carpet personally, and that's not because of the theme itself. I feel like a lot of people are unnecessarily hating on the theme, but I feel like the red carpet was kind of homogenous because everyone was drawing from like the same five references. Everyone was either a cat person, a Carl person, a Pearl person, a bride a giant rosette person or a tweed person. Like almost no one doesn't fall into one of these categories.
0: That's true. I mean, the carpet wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It did feature a few things that we've longed for put together, which is people having fun slash just straight up cosplaying, people wearing vintage and people not dressing on theme, just dressing really fucking well. But I will say that I have noticed over the last few years that the most obvious references are not selected by anyone. This is not just a Carl year. I've noticed we've talked about this last year Talked about it during the camp year. And I wonder if it's because people think that other people will be doing it, so no one does it. For example, no one recreated the pastel Chanel tweed suits. That was crazy. That Kylie and Kendall couldn't have come together. Well,
1: my biggest thought around that is that now that we're at this moment where men are dressing more flamboyantly, like how is Lil Nas X showing up as some like, pearl-encrusted sea demon and not just wearing, like, a pink Chanel tweed women's suit. Right. With some, like, Chanel
0: combat boots. I do wonder if they just are afraid that everyone else is gonna be showing up like that. But then a bunch of people showed up looking like other people. Everyone looked like Cruella DeVille. (laughs) Except Glenn Close, ironically. Ironically, <laughs> except for
1: Glenn Close. Fuck. That would have been such a serve. I feel like color was a big missed opportunity because when you look at this, especially all of the people that were sort of deemed best dressed by the press, they were all in white or black or black and white very few people wore color so the people that did wear color i think really stood out but very little pastel we got that from emma chamberlain who i think looked really great we got that from nicole kidman Viola
0: Davis wore, like, a
1: shocking pink dress, and I think she really stood out because of that.
0: So can we just for a second dive into the controversy about the show? Because I was seeing that on Twitter, and I couldn't quite understand. Because what I was seeing on Twitter was a few people bemoaning that this show could have been about Vivian Westwood, but instead we were, quote-unquote, stuck with Karl Lagerfeld. And I'm not sure how people think the Met costume exhibit happens, but it is planned years in advance. Lagerfeld died in 2019, This was the first year they could do the show, that they could have an exhibit dedicated to him.
1: Yes, I assure you we'll get that Vivian Westwood exhibition, but if these people were paying attention, they'd know that she was basically the centerpiece of the punk exhibition, and that, like, already happened, so it's not really that much of a slap in the face.
0: But I do love the idea that they could pivot with three months to go and just make the whole exhibit of Vivian (laughs) Westwood.
1: Yeah, no, that's crazy. Okay, so obviously I'm dying to talk to you about Anna Wintour and Bill Nye's. Red carpet debut. As friends. As friends. Don't even... (laughs) I can't even handle this. Okay, so so I see them on the red carpet. Obviously, I'm really excited. If you've been listening to this podcast, especially if you listen to our Patreon, you know that we are obsessed with this couple and have been for some time. And all I have ever wanted is this, is their red carpet debut. It happens, but then the next day, Bill Nye's reps give a quote to people that says quote unquote they are not in a relationship they have simply been great friends for two decades excuse me what yeah no they were friends for two decades and now they bone we have seen all the daily mail photos of their dates Anna has never looked happier this motherfucker is bringing roses to dinner don't gas me like this also straight women and straight men are not Friends. what is this my best friend's wedding propaganda?
0: <laughs> we hoped and we joked that Bill Nye would bring Anna Wintour as his date for the Oscars. We knew it wouldn't be in the ceremony, but we thought maybe for the after party and that did not happen. So it felt like it was like, no, no, no. We're not gonna hard launch at your important event. We're hard launching at my important event. But it is much weirder to show up on the red carpet together because he could have just walked it separately. Yeah, they're (laughs) arm-in-arm. Don't
1: walk arm-in-arm and then gaslight me. I'm talking directly to Bill Nye's publicist right now. Who, as we know, is an avid listener of the Every Outfit podcast. Okay, hear me out. If you are a straight woman, you're not hanging out one-on-one with a straight man. Like, you may be hanging out in a couple's context, like your boyfriend's friend is a man, or you may be hanging out in a business context, but like... A friend is someone that you text like, hey, like, I just copped the most random dick last night. Like, is Anna Wintour doing that with Bill Nye? I don't think so.
0: Okay, so we need to move beyond this because clearly you could be stuck on this for 40 minutes. It's not about them saying that they're friends. It's if they're going to go this route... Just walk the red carpet separately and then be photographed inside together. That's the more puzzling thing of like, you can't do this day after PR move when you've walked the red carpet together when we know there are ways to be seen separately.
1: Yeah, it's so weird. I just don't understand. Anyway, shall we move on to the fashion? The cat people, perhaps? the cat people certainly got the most attention.
0: This would never happen if we didn't have the camp year. Yeah. Dressing on theme is one thing, and we knew that it was going to get to a place where we've wanted people to have more fun with the theme. I am now worried that this has sent a new dangerous precedent where people are going to be cosplaying.
1: Yes, but I do think that Doja Cat was ultimately successful in this arena. She really did something with her look, and I think it was one of the best ones of the night The facial prosthetics looked incredible. The gown felt very like it was Oscar de la Renta, but it was very, very Bob Mackie. It actually really reminded me of this dress that he designed for Anne Margaret that she wore to the Oscars back in the day. And like everyone thought she was crazy because she's wearing like a halter neck with like a weird swim cap attached. But I fuck with it.
0: Yet, no one commits to a bit like Doja Cat, who during certain interviews just said meow. Wow.
1: That was the highlight of the Vogue live stream. I guess you didn't get to watch that.
0: I didn't, but I saw screen caps of it. Um, Jared Leto?
1: I think there's something about this level of attention seeking behavior that is fundamentally at odds with chicness. That said, I do think that the cat costume was very well executed. Like it did not just look like some generic fancy feast bitch. It looked like Choupette, like facially.
0: Yeah, I I stand corrected. No one commits to a bit like Jared Leto, actually. (laughs) Yeah, he wins for Choupette realness. I assume he had to clear it with the Met Gala. I think we're in a new era of the Met Gala because multiple people, which has never happened before, changed on the red carpet. Like, Jared Leto got out of that suit and was in a normal suit. I saw photographs. Emma Chamberlain was in one outfit switched to another. Cardi B left the Mark Hotel in one outfit, showed up on the red carpet in the other. I blame Kim Kardashian for this. It's going to be really, really
1: dark and crazy next year because this year, Rihanna kind of scooped everyone by wearing a full like Caperni Chanel inspired look inspired by the famous 90s fake fur collection. And she dropped like a full photo shoot the night before. So I feel like now that is going to set a precedent and there's going to be a night before look, a day of look, a Met Gala look and then the after party look and potentially a look between the carpet and the after party. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: We're getting two red carpet looks.
1: I think that sometimes this gimmicky stuff really works. Like I do think that it worked in the instance of Doja Cat. Wow. I feel like with like Lil Nas X and Jared Leto, it was just too much. Also, Janelle Monae, what was that? She tried way too hard. She wore this like giant... Tom Brown like deconstructed Chanel jacket basically that had this like sheer dress beneath so when she took it off you could see her underwear then she like flipped up the dress and like showed her underwear to the cameras and it was like so sad to see her debase herself like that
0: oh did you see the photos of the after party she was just in the bikini that was underneath that whole ensemble
1: also can we talk about the bikini because it was like a triangle cut bikini bottom but the top of the bikini was at her navel I'm like do you have like the largest bush in the world <laughs> or what's happening?
0: If you're going to do that look, then Tom Brown should recreate the infamous like Chanel basically like coin bra bikini.
1: Yeah, it was weird. I feel like Tom Brown like is obviously made for this theme because he basically makes bootleg Chanel stuff all the time. And, like right is similarly obsessed with tweed, but it was a mixed bag.
0: I think some people he dressed looked amazing and others I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm going to be vulnerable with you for a second. I did not realize that little Nas X was a cat at first.
1: Well, he's not really... He had whiskers? Yeah. So that was giving cat... But it was also giving like... Again, weird Poseidon, Little Mermaid, sea creature, pearl-encrusted, like, I don't even know. I don't have the verbiage for it.
0: Game of Thrones Ice King as well.
1: Yeah, I still think he should have just literally go into the Chanel store and buy a women's suit off the rack and wear it in that sort of, like, Kurt Cobain drag way. Like, yeah. that would have just been so cool. I feel like there is a real absence of, like, actually subversive dressing,
0: there's a couple people that we'll get into, but but the reason that we had someone like Janelle Monet and Chloe Feynman on the cat People list is they had Chupette purses.
1: And actually, I liked Janelle Monet's Chupette purse because it was basically just a cat version of the the Tom Brown Wiener bag. Chloe Feynman's was more Judith Lieber. Adjacent. Maybe it actually was Judith Lieber. I, I know, know.
0: I couldn't find an outfit credit for that. Uh, is this a good moment to get into that awkward Chloe Feynman, Stella McCartney interview? Okay, yes. Because <laughs> what? She didn't know her last name? But it was clearly a joke. How do you not know who Stella McCartney is?
1: Okay. I love Lala, Derek Blasberg, and Chloe Feynman. And Emma Chamberlain, actually, even though I've never seen her YouTube videos, but respect. The production of this Vogue live stream was crazy. Like, you would think that I was personally tasked with doing it, with no experience. Right. Like... So I think there were mistakes. Like, I don't think Chloe Feynman and Derek Blasberg had any sort of teleprompter or
0: anything. Like, I don't think there were just, like, basic things. Right, or an, like, an earwick of a producer telling exactly. them what the fuck is going on. I don't know the context. I've only seen the clip where Selma McCartney is like, you're not taking this very seriously. And, like, clearly Chloe Feynman spirals and doesn't know how to get things back on track. Which, by the way, for people who are like, oh my God, Lauren and Chelsea should host the red carpet. No, we shouldn't. Not in the moment. We need a few days to process. If you enjoy this, it's because we've had a few days to process, make jokes.
1: Yes, but we would know who Stella McCartney is. We'd have that going for us. Okay, so I took that as a
0: joke and she was trying to lighten the mood.
1: No, there was other people that she had name issues with. Again, I don't want to shade her. I love her. Like, she's cool. That's a weird gig. But I do think that Stella was a little unnecessarily bitchy to her.
0: Absolutely. She's
1: not fucking like Barbara Walters out here.
0: That's true. But also, if I had been going to the Met Gala for as long as Stella McCartney had and been like giving truly iconic looks, I would be annoyed if someone didn't know who I was.
1: Yeah, well, this is what happens when you hire someone that's actually funny to co-host the live stream.
0: This has always been our issue with fashion police. I will say, if I may be so bold about ourselves, it's where you and I do intersect of having the fashion historical knowledge and the humor. The problem is you either have a fashion person and then a funny person.
1: Well, Derek Blasberg is both. And Derek Blasberg knows everyone. So this should have been slightly less awkward than it was. But again, I don't blame him and Chloe Feynman. I blame the production. Glad I missed it then. Anyway, shall we talk about the Karl Lagerfeld drag kings?
0: I love when our predictions come true.
1: Yes, we did predict that Cara Delevingne would go as Carl, and she did.
0: But but not on the red carpet. I was very confused with the photos I saw.
1: I would say that the red carpet look was very Carl inspired. She didn't go as far as to wear a powdered wig, which surprised me. But it was definitely a deconstructed version of his own personal style, right? right. It was the white shirt, the skinny pants, the chrome hearts, the fingerless gloves, whatever. The night before, she did drop like a full like
0: drag look. Not my favorite. No, but I think... Where we speak about subversion, dressing on theme, dressing like Carl. I feel like uh, Ki Hoi Kwan did it the best. Absolutely. Yeah, he didn't
1: look like he was wearing a Halloween costume. It was fun. It was cool. Like, he looked great. It made everyone happy. Also, Tiana Taylor, incredible. Not a literal Carl interpretation, but there was enough aspects of Carl.
0: Like, there was the tie, the... The white shirt, the sunglasses. She also rocked a tiny ponytail as well. The only person that did a little Carl ponytail, which I appreciated.
1: That look was also Tom Brown. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. I thought that was the best Tom Brown look. It had these really like insane cutouts on her hips that I think really worked.
0: I hope the people at the Tom Brown Atelier get a week off of like PTO (laughs) or something after the Met Gala.
1: Yeah, they're really doing too much.
0: I know that Cardi B said... On the red carpet, that she was hoping that Carl Lagerfeld was in heaven, looking down, going yes and no, and he was definitely saying no when Tommy Hilfiger <laughs> showed up on the red carpet. Okay, this actually belongs at the Camp Met Gala. Yeah, like,
1: this is pure camp. I don't know if he realized how it actually looked but it looked crazy and also his plus one I don't know if it was his wife I assume so that was campy too she looked like she was headed to some sort of like Republican Illuminati sex party or something
0: they looked like they were heading to whatever that um Halloween rave that we saw in the end just like that season (laughs) 2 teaser actually (sighs) yeah Tommy Hilfiger came from I don't know Rock's uh, school celebration or something (sighs) Another thing that was kind of fucked about this year's Met
1: Gala is how many fingerless gloves there were. It's like, yes, Carl wore them himself. Yes, he put them on the runway, but I maintain that they only make sense on Paris Hilton, who has never stopped wearing them, or like during the electro clash era of the early 2000s. Like wearing fingerless gloves with a gown
0: in 2023 is actually crazy. I will say the saddest form of this, and I understand why it was done, but the amount of reporters who are interviewing people on the red carpet that I noticed had fingerless gloves. As was like, <laughs> okay, I'm, that's
1: kind of cute.
0: As a nod to dress on theme. As I was watching the interviews, I was like, that person has white fingerless
1: gloves, black fingerless gloves, polka dot fingerless gloves. Okay, but they're not wearing it with a gown like
0: Lizzo or Ashley
1: Park or something.
0: Can we talk about Paris Hilton being Marc Jacobs plus one? Because that made me feel like the old Met Gala days when it was still an industry event and people would just bring their friends. Well, Marc
1: Jacobs has always been really good at picking plus ones for the Met Gala. Like, he's done it forever. He always brings the coolest person. He always
0: brings the woman of a certain age or, like, Lil' Kim or something. Like, it's always fun and cool. But it's nice to see someone with a designer that you know a PR department wasn't strategizing, like, the buzziest influencer who would get the best engagement for the evening.
1: It was a very different look for her. it was a very different look for Mark. Like, it didn't look like Mark or Paris Hilton. It kind of looked more like Versace or something. If not for the signature Mark Jacobs platform boots, I don't think I would ever have figured out that it was Mark. But, you know, I'm into it. For anyone to wear pastel, it would be Paris fucking Hilton. I know. No one did Barbiecore. Not one person.
0: Every year, it seems like for the red carpet, there are very obvious themes that I assume people or their stylists are too scared to embrace because they think everyone else is going to do it.
1: Well, it's really hard to predict that sort of thing. And I have empathy to the stylists and the designers and all of that stuff because no one wants to do something that's homogenous. And yet... Everyone showed up in black and or white. Yeah. Speaking of Paris, shall we talk about her former assistant, (laughs) Kim Kardashian? Wait, assistant or closet organizer?
0: So I think it would be easier to say assistant, but I did just watch a clip of her where she was explaining that she was purely Paris's closet assistant. Okay. You know what I want? There was that show in the 2000s called Entourage, which was about a fictionalized version of Mark Wahlberg's life with his friends who worked for him when he was coming up. I want. Okay, everyone knows about Entourage except for like our two Gen Z listeners. All right. But I want the Paris Hilton version of that. <laughs> and like the Kim Kardashian that just went to clubs with her, but then also like had a quasi job of organizing her closet. Well, it's a real all about Eve story. Oh, God, yes. I mean, they never, I think, literally. Dude, Paris yes. and Kim. Yeah. <laughs> I know they never literally feuded, but well, I they need did that. literally feud, actually. Remember like
1: Paris said that like her ass looked like a trash bag full of like in reference
0: to like cellulite or something. When this writer's strike is over, Ryan Murphy led us into that feud. <laughs> <laughs> writer's room, we got a hell of an idea for you. But I loved
1: Kim and Scaparelli. You know, it reminded me of Isabella Rossellini in Death Becomes Her. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Schiaparelli had a really good night because they referenced Carl and paid tribute, but they still stayed true to their own design ethos, and they didn't end up making weird Cruella Deville costumes. For
0: Kim to have a sense of humor to mimic the the pearls that she wore in Playboy and the infamous "You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie" scene from Keeping Up, I wonder how deliberate
1: that was. I though. know. I'm sure she was like, "Yeah, people will probably think of this, but I don't think it was like something." she was going for necessarily but I thought that the way that the pearls draped around her body was really gorgeous
0: yeah it's not my favorite Kim look I think the camp well the camp one was like the best it can't get better than that I'm shocked that after last year she came also in a gown that's I mean, it's not exactly similar to the Marilyn dress, but, like, if anyone were to do a color, it was, like, nude and very Mm. feminine.
1: Yeah, it's so different from the Marilyn look. I do feel like this look did not get as much attention as her last few, but I think that was kind of a good reset it makes her look a little less desperate for attention which i think is a good look for her
0: i do wonder if north made it into the met gala exhibit because she left with kim and then i just saw a video of north just on the red carpet like before you enter just alone yeah sad we didn't
1: get more children as accessories which was like such a thing in chanel fashion show i was gonna
0: say carl himself no one truly cosplayed carl <laughs> in the way that you know there wasn't just a young beautiful. 8-year-old boy next to them. Yeah. Well, I thought when you were saying Mark Jacobs and the Kardashians that you were going to refer to Kendall's outfit.
1: Yeah, it's giving magician's assistant. <laughs> like I love Mark forever, but like I'm not into this in I feel like Julia Garner's Gucci outfit was also magician adjacent. I think it's because both of these looks involved sequins, capes, and then like shirt collars.
0: Yeah, it did feel like Kendall was going to uh, pull Choupette out of a hat or something. Oh, that would have been good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would have been good. Also, it's like she really should not stand next to her sisters. (laughs) That photo is so insane because she's already significantly taller than Kim and Kylie. But when you add the like 12 inch Marc Jacobs platform boots
0: into the equation, it's like it looks psychotic. Did you see her after party look that was like the black uh, bikini and underwear over the sequins, kind of gray nude shorts? Yeah, it was vintage Chanel. That looked incredible. I know. I didn't realize. It's so un-Chanel-like. I assumed it was Skims put over a sequin bodysuit or something.
1: No, I remember that from the 90s. It was just, you know, and it would have been fun. I would have rather her wear that, but I understand she has a partnership with
0: Marc Jacobs, so. Can we talk about the, in my opinion, the fashion star? I mean, this was one of my favorite looks Kylie and Ader Ackerman for Gaultier.
1: Unexpected choice of designer for her. But of course, we now know that she is the new face of Gautier, which was announced on the day of the Met Gala. I think she looks great, but this look kind of baffles me because it doesn't look like Gaultier. It doesn't look like Kylie. It doesn't look like Carl. It looks like Haider, but... Kind of not really because we've never seen his designs on someone with this kind of body. Yeah. You know, we've only seen his shit on like really tall, thin, you know, Tilda Swinton, Stella Tennant adjacent body types. So if you put a gun to my head and asked me who designed this, I could have never told you if
0: I didn't know. No, that's very true. But I think what I enjoyed about this look so much is the fact that she wasn't trying to dress on theme. She just looked really, really good. It was elegant in a way that we don't really associate with her. Well, this is the Kylie rebrand. Yeah, this is the new Kylie. There was this discourse around Coachella where Kendall, Kylie, Haley Bieber were dressing relatively normal. Jeans, t-shirts, leather jackets, what have you, when everyone was dressing super Coachella insane, which is how they were dressing in you know the 2015s. And the point was made that, well, everyone is dressing like them from several years ago. So, of course, they're going to pivot and go in a different direction. And I wonder, I mean, Kendall and Kim dress more on theme, but I wonder if that's going to be a continuing trend. Because that is a way to pull focus in an era now where people are saying, oh, the Kardashians are not as popular as they once were.
1: Absolutely. And I think that the person that did that this Met Gala was Arena Shake, who wore vintage 80s, Yoji Yamamoto, she wore flats. Yeah, which Carl hated, but... (laughs) Exactly, but that's like a subversive look at the Met Gala. Absolutely. I don't really keep up with her that much, but her look last year, if you'll recall, was incredible also. Remember she dressed like a leather daddy, basically? Oh, yeah. She wore like like a men's boot. Like she, I think, is ahead of everyone in terms of reacting to the stuntiness the opulence of this event.
0: Well, I assume she saves her stuntiness for picking up her child that she has with Bradley Cooper because I've seen some of those Daily Mail photos and she's picking up that kid in like leather hot shorts.
1: Also, since we brought up Kim and Scaparelli, I feel like we
0: also need to mention Michaela
1: Cole, which I feel like was another one of the best looks.
0: It was a great look. I don't know what exactly it was referencing, but she looked incredible and that's really all that matters. Well, there was a lot of Chanel dresses that looked like
1: that, that had that silhouette that were heavily beaded, had jewels. I saw the Chanel reference, but it also, again, felt true to Schiaparelli. Um, But of course, Michaela Cole is also an incredibly cool person. I don't think that just anyone could pull off something like this. She is kind of like the millennial tilda swinton in the sense that she can wear things that are more high fashion and avant-garde than your average actor
0: yeah speaking of a a swing and a miss when it comes to avant-garde styling is now a good time to bring up olivia wilde's chloe dress that was somehow identical to the vogue china editor margaret zhang's dress okay, this is
1: so crazy, and I actually can't figure this out because, okay, so the reference point was this violin dress that Carl designed for Chloe in the 80s. They reissued it like 10 years ago. Chloe reissued it, and I remember Chloe 70 wearing it to some event and looking amazing. So for this event, there were two gown versions of it and I don't understand how this happened because I can understand a world where let's say Carla Welch got this custom gown from Chloe and then maybe... Margaret Zhang was wearing a vintage dress, but this was not the original dress. But
0: how could it be two customs? Like, I don't understand. One was white and one was black. What's interesting is I went on Margaret Zhang's Instagram this morning and she hasn't posted the look on her main feed, which I find interesting. Uh, Margaret Zhang's was in black. Olivia Wilde's was in white. I know Olivia Wilde's dress was designed by Gabriella Hurst, who's the current Chloe designer. I don't know if... It's a Gabriella Hearst designed Chloe dress for Margaret Zhang. Either it had to be uh, maybe because they thought one was white, one was black. But really, there's nothing else from the Karl Lagerfeld Chloe archive to reference. No,
1: they they couldn't do that again. If anyone knows how this happened, please tell me. But I do think that Margaret Zhang's look was better. Yeah, of course, <laughs> because Olivia Wilde looked like a what is it? A Power Ranger or Wonder Woman? Yes. It was like so weird. It's like I understand like the the original dress the Lagerfeld dress had short fluttery sleeves I understand putting a long glove under there putting a long sleeve under there but putting these weird I don't even
0: know what to call them again like Wonder Woman arm cuffs it's supposed to be a violin but just the the overall look was giving like guitar musician in an 80s new wave band (laughs) <laughs> but Olivia Wilde, the day after the Met, did have a very Samantha Jones and Sex in the City 2 response where she just was like, great minds. They should have posed together. Yes. What fucked them up was
1: not doing that. Because that then becomes like the moment. Yeah. It makes both of them look better, like they have a sense of humor, which I guess they
0: didn't, because like, how would you not? Or maybe they're red carpet arrival times were so off that they didn't know till afterwards
1: it's not big enough to not notice someone wearing the exact same dress as you from across the room
0: no no, no. when they got inside for sure i'm just saying the red carpet itself they might have been going up the stairs at different times.
1: Moving on, can we talk about Burberry's Daniel Lee hard
0: launch on the carpet? We absolutely can. We spoke at the beginning of this show of information overload, and this is one of those things where you had it on the dock, and I was like, where the fuck were all the Daniel Lee Burberry looks? And then I saw them and I was like, okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, everyone was wearing the new Burberry blue, which is, what do we think about this color? Because Daniel Lee obviously famously created the signature Bottega Veneta green, which is such a prominent part of their branding. So when he went to Burberry, I'm sure he felt the pressure to do that again. And it feels like they wanted to do like an Eves Klein blue, but we're like, we have to switch it up a little. Yeah. So it became more purple
0: yeah i mean if that bottega green is for a spring this uh burberry purple blue is for a winter yeah a dark dark winter
1: (laughs) i just can't imagine ever wanting to wear this color as a person like i would never buy anything in this color
0: but as we've spent the last i don't know how long talking about this with everyone just kind of beating the theme to death I kind of appreciate people who are like, fuck it.
1: Yeah, they use this as an opportunity to establish their new identity, I guess. Although it was kind of the most random assortment of people. Liberty Ross, who is in their ads and love to see her again. Great. Then Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre, loved that. Mary J, although what happened with her look? I'm sorry, like I love our queen
0: forever, obviously, but like what happened there? I can explain why Jimmy Iovine is there. He's married to Liberty Ross. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. There's a great docuseries called The Defiant Ones, which talks about Jimmy Iovine's career and Dr. Dre's Yeah, career. no, I did watch
1: that. Yeah. That's why I, but I assumed it was because of the Dr. Dre connection, not
0: the Burberry connection. Yeah. That seems less random then. Well, because Liberty Ross was married to the guy that had the pseudo affair with Kristen Stewart. Right. Liberty Ross's brother is a guy named Atticus Ross who works on scores with Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor's best friends with Jimmy Iovine. That's how they all met. Right.
1: Beautiful. Okay. Brought the whole crew. Um, Gucci, <laughs> I think, was a very mixed bag. I think they had some really, really good looks and some really, really bad looks. ASAP Rocky, I feel like, was one of the good looks. He wore a kilt that was a pretty niche reference to a look that Carl wore at the end of, like, one of those insanely campy Chanel cruise shows. I forget which one. And I think that Sabrina Elba and Sienna Miller also looked really good in, like, pretty, like, classic, tasteful LBDs.
0: Yeah, I do just have to say, if you're married to the guy that owns Gucci... Why are you consistently getting fucked on the red carpet? I'm sorry, Selma Hayek never looks good in Gucci.
1: She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yes. But the pearls in this dress really felt like an afterthought the red latex? I mean, what was that material? Look, at least she had a better situation going on than Serena Williams. Like, I don't want to disparage the greatest living tennis player, but she looked like she was showing up for Chris Jenner's Great Gatsby-themed 60th <laughs> birthday party. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like I said, Julia Garner looked like a magician, but where was Elliot Page? Where was the other third of the Gucci
0: guilty thruple? I can't believe we did not discuss that ad that ad was (laughs) insane i would love to see what the pitch deck was was it truly what if we presented the most insane thruple for this gucci perfume ad
1: if you haven't seen it basically asap rocky julie gardner Elliot page are living some sort of like picturesque 1960s suburban existence. But inside their like fabulous ranch house, they're all like fucking. And that includes
0: Elliot Page and ASAP Rocky. Maybe it's not the 1960s. It's whatever parallel timeline Lana Del Rey lives in is what I think this Gucci ad is happening in. (laughs) It's so wild. We'll put that in the show notes in case
1: you missed that. Also, Haley Bailey. God, I always almost say
0: Haley Halle Bailey, Bailey. (laughs) fuck. This is the new um, Dermot Mulroney. Well, she's quite literally named after Halle Berry. When they named their child, they could never conceive that she would be in Hollywood as well. (laughs) She's clearly beginning her
1: Little Mermaid press tour with this look. I think she looks really good, but Margot Robbie not beginning her Barbie press tour.
0: It's too early to go into looks for the press tour for a film that comes out. Oh no, wait, it comes out in July. What am I saying? I'm still stuck in 2022. Yeah, no, this is a fucking misstep, and we do need to have a conversation about when when these celebrities that we love talking about have these blood oaths with brands. Is it is the brand partnership the problem or is the stylist the problem? Because with Margot Robbie now, I'm not sure. I think it actually is the stylist because when you are a Chanel
1: brand ambassador. It's not like they're forcing you to wear specific pieces to major events. You still get a say. And in this instance, and in the instance of other major red carpet events, like say the Oscars, for example, she has access to the entire Chanel archive.
0: If anyone were to just show up in a pink pastel Chanel suit from the early 90s, It should be Margot Robbie. She couldn't go like full literal Barbie because
1: remember Casey Musgraves did that for the camp Met Gala and showed up in like a full ass, you know, Barbie Corvette. I do think that something a little more fun
0: would have been nice here.
1: And you know what? It's like a beautiful dress, but it's not like, it's not
0: wowing anyone. Yeah, it was a recreation of a look Cindy Crawford wore for the 1993 Chanel collection. Again, nearly 40 years Of things you could reference and still very random references unlike nicole kidman who rewore her dress from that iconic baz lerman chanel number five ad well nicole kidman had advantages for one thing right and i do
1: think that her look was the best from a storytelling standpoint because it's self-referential in the best way it speaks to the timelessness of chanel and it reminds us of something that all of us collectively remember, but we haven't thought about.
0: Oh my God, you are so correct. It unlocks something in the back of my head because I feel like that ad had such a chokehold on me in the mid 2000s and then it just disappeared from my consciousness.
1: Yeah, another person that wore vintage Chanel that I think was really good was Dua Lipa. Like, I feel like this would have been a great choice for Margot Robbie, potentially. Something a little more unexpected because it was a really different silhouette for her. It's elegant. The Tiffany necklace was astounding.
0: It's so timeless. Like, you
1: could imagine, like, Claudia Cardinale in this look.
0: So unlike Margot's dress that was a recreation of something, I believe from everything I've read, Dua Lipa is wearing Claudia Schiffer's dress from the 92 Chanel Haute Couture show.
1: That's cool. Look, I appreciate when people wear the real deal, but also it's like I get that like a lot of these fashion houses only have one piece in their archive and they shouldn't be loaning
0: it out to random celebrities. So if they want to recreate things, I think that's great. I think another person that had a great story was Giselle, who wore a vintage Chanel dress that she had worn in a mid-2000s editorial with Karl Lagerfeld these Chanel muses really have advantages at an
1: event like this. But also I wanted to bring up um, someone called into the hotline and asked, where the fuck is Lily Rose Depp? Yeah. (laughs) What happened to that tiny, tiny doe eyed Chanel muse? She's doing reshoots for the idol.
0: I was going to say, no, she's sitting down with an HR department as she heads to Cannes to debut the idol. (laughs) Also, Naomi Campbell, wore vintage Chanel I think she looked beautiful there was no way she was gonna like woof on the theme of course she was gonna be incredible
1: although that dress reminded me that was from that couture collection I forget what year it was from but all of the models had these insane wigs that were like heart-shaped do you remember this It was fall, winter, 2010. I would like to see more done with hair that sort of referenced the history of Chanel and like all these insane
0: fashion shows. I will say Penelope Cruz was on the red carpet. She was a co-chair. She's always been a surprising Chanel ambassador for me. For for no other reason than it's not something I would associate, but I mean, she's always looked good in Chanel, and she had a, a deep relationship with Karl Lagerfeld. Her dress, which couture does this a lot, was a, a bridal look. A lot of people wore bridal looks. I read one article that defined it as pale blue, but I did not see it as pale blue. That looked white too. No, me. that's crazy. That was like fully white. So this look was inspired by... Uh, lagerfeld's debut haute couture collection from 1988 yeah i think it was beautiful i think she looked great i think her after party look was also really good we're just killing time until we get to kristen stewart i imagine (laughs) oh my god she wore a menswear look
1: finally although as tat pointed out later the loafers were huge like i think she was actually wearing men's shoes
0: my first thought was this is amazing my second thought was She could have been dressing like this in Chanel the entire whole time. time. I know.
1: I know. She looked really hot. And I think that a lot of the Chanel outfits that she's worn in the past have really been at odds with her androgyny. Like, I'm sorry, but she's too butch to wear like tap shorts and platform espadrilles at can. Like, it's a weird vibe. And like, you know, ladies, sometimes you just have to butch up. And I've been waiting for her to have this moment for a really long time. And I'm glad we got it yeah. at the Met Gala.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes when you're a Chanel ambassador, they fuck you. But sometimes you fucking Chanel.
1: Congrats, Case, stew This was incredible. You're looking very Shane today.
0: If we may go off course for one moment, there were a few people that were just unrecognizable at the Met. <laughs> like you put marion cotillard and it wasn't until you put in marion cotillard in the outline i was like she was there if i saw that photo in the words
1: marion cotillard weren't directly below it i would have never figured this out
0: she's got Short hair Which she's had short hair before But it is dyed pink She looks like a K-pop star And I know we're not supposed to talk about
1: people's bodies But she does look like she's gearing up to star In the Stella Tennant biopic (laughs) So I think that it's a combination of that that was really... I was like, oh, it's Anya Rubik. It's Oscar-winning actress. Then I thought it was Emma Corrin. And then, yeah, it's kind of that, but more model She looks like she actually just walks straight off the runway from one of the shows. I think that her look was really beautiful. And I did like the hair. I just, like, would never know it was her. Speaking of which, Jessica Chastain. Who was maybe in a wig? Isn't she doing a play where her hair is red? I don't know, but... She had this like platinum hair and then she had sunglasses. So those two things together, I was like, who
0: are you? I would assume the platinum blonde is like trying to be Carl's white hair, but also those glasses aren't really giving Carl they're too big on her face. It's just, it's it's a muddled concept. Yeah,
1: I think this was another one of those Gucci looks. It was just kind of weird. But you know, they dress like 50 people, so they can't all be... On point.
0: Yeah. And they all can't be magician's assistants either, so... Someone has to look like a goth mafia wife. Yeah, it was very that. I will say when we discussed the Vogue May cover, I was a little concerned because that editorial had a bunch of designers interpreting Lagerfeld's work over the years and the most successful of which i thought was valentino and i use the gross phrase did they blow their load because these are the things i would want to see on the red carpet and wouldn't you know it rihanna wore that valentino camellia cape she looked like a walking 60s british vogue cover it was a full commitment
1: to the chanel couture bride look She always looks great. And I love that she often goes for volume at the Met Gala instead of just like trying to be traditionally hot. Yeah. Like she's like, I'm just going to wear the most giant clothes I can find.
0: As opposed to Janelle Monae, this is an outfit that had multiple moments on the red carpet, like from having the, the cape fully on to on her shoulders to off.
1: Yeah. Kylie's look also had that too, that progression. But it wasn't like gimmicky in the way that Lady Gaga was gimmicky, whatever, the camp year when she like, Ugh. that was terrible. That's what the Janelle Monae thing reminded me of. It reminded
0: me of like Lady Gaga's darker impulses. <laughs> Fueled by Brandon Maxwell, who I believe designed <laughs> that. It was like holding the various pieces and she took them off on the red carpet. I only like this concept if it's that Victor and Rolf... Russian
1: nesting doll show and nowhere else. Or
0: if someone has the balls to actually wear the Hussein Shalayan... Yes, or Hussein. Hussein. Yeah, Hussein. Hussein. Yeah, of course. Sorry to go back in the past, but like, I think I will never get over the camp red carpet just for like the missed opportunities of like, no one wore the skirt that becomes a table and took it off on the red carpet. I feel like the Camp Met Gala was one of the best
1: because the worst looks were as entertaining as the best looks.
0: I take it back. It should have been the year where it was like, what is it? Ex Machina? (laughs) Yeah, that would be the more appropriate year. (laughs) The one where everyone couldn't understand the theme of the red carpet. We also got Carly Kloss announced her pregnancy as a Kaler truther. How are you (laughs) feeling about this pregnancy announcement? Fake pregnancy? I'm feeling better than Taylor is. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought she was
1: really, really cute. I mean, another little Kushner's on the way, which is sinister, but you know what? Love her. Um, She wore J.W. Anderson. Looking at this, I know that it probably looks a lot better in person than it does in photographs. Not saying it looks bad in photographs, but I just get that sense about it.
0: Yes, it's inspired by a 1983 Chanel Lauderfell dress that had a trompe l'oeil design and You would think as a model who's been to the Met Gala multiple times, you have to make a decision about like, is this dress going to photograph well, or is it going to look better on the red carpet? And I think you got to lean on choices that look better photographed. It's trompe l'oeil, and then there's real pearls on top of it. It's like a trompe l'oeil version of the Chanel belt.
1: Yeah, it was like that same dress that Anna Wintour... Wore to like some White House event recently. Remember when we were like, "Oh, it's the best she's ever looked."
0: Yeah, because she's getting that Bill Nye dick. Yeah, and she wore all black for once. But they're just. But she's not getting that. (laughs) No, she. Lauren, she is getting that dick. Chelsea, they're friends with benefits. And
1: the benefits are going to the Met Gala together. Why didn't she get the benefit of going to the Oscars with someone other than Harvey Weinstein? Yeah,
0: I think because people would have brought up the fact that the last time she was there, she was seated next to Harvey Weinstein. No, we would have been so charmed by it, we would have forgotten all about that, Lauren. Shall we discuss a category we've defined as people who just wore giant roses? Which was really a lot of people...
1: Cardi B's roses were huge. I think her and Rihanna had the biggest roses.
0: I'm more surprised, I said earlier in the podcast, that she left her hotel in one dress that was very pink Chanel tulle and then somewhere on the red carpet, and again, I blame Kim Kardashian for switching out of the Marilyn dresses starting this, Switched into the the Lagerfeld-inspired tie, giant uh, rosettes at the bottom, ball gown. She should have stayed in the first dress, in my opinion. I agree. Someone in
1: color? (gasps) This was one of those ones that felt like real bootleg Chanel. I don't know, as someone that is attuned to fashion, whenever you see fake Chanel in the wild, you're kind of like attuned to think like, oh, that's trashy. Unless it's like a full like unless it's really elegantly done, like it's like Tom Brown fake Chanel, or like who else does fake Chanel? Um, Like Simone Rocha does like fake Chanel type stuff sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah, it was a choice. I agree. She should have stayed in that first dress.
1: You know who looked amazing though?
0: Bad Bunny. Yes, Bad Bunny was in Jack Moose. I would imagine that the Backless blazers with the J necklace is a nod to the print ad for the Nicole Kidman Chanel Number 5.
1: Oh, yeah. See, again, something that's like lodged in my brain that I totally forgot about that. Where yeah.
0: Nicole Kidman is in profile, you see her back, she's in a backless uh, black dress, and then there's a backward Chanel necklace that she wears, or a Number 5 necklace.
1: Yeah, that's a genius reference. This does look like he could have attended with Rihanna as like a couple's look. Because it was a similar type of camellia, I guess, stole, really, really long stole
0: that he wore over that suit. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I thought that was such a cool look. Should we get into our favorite category, women of a certain age? Oh, yes. Although, I just want to bring attention to something.
1: One thing was noticeably missing on the red carpet, and it was French women of a certain age who actually wear Chanel, like No Inez de la Fressange, no Catherine Deneuve, no Isabelle Huppert. Amanda Harlick was there, thank God, but she's British. I would like to see a little bit more of the client, but I do feel like the old guard always gets fucked in this situation because they're like, we're not inviting Inez de la Fressange, but like, let's have ice spice. (laughs) Like no shade to ice spice. I think she's great. This does kind of remind me of how like John Waters wasn't invited to the camp gala. It's like you're forgetting about the
0: people that actually were early adopters of Carl Chanel. That does go back to my point about how refreshing it is for Marc Jacobs to bring someone like Paris Hilton. You do need more designers bringing the real people in versus who their PR departments have told them are best. Absolutely.
1: But there were certainly other women of a certain age in attendance, like DVF, who I feel like she always has fun with her Met Gala looks, and I appreciate it. She went very pop art. She basically designed a textile
0: that looked like a crossword puzzle, but it just said Carl Lagerfeld. Not into it? Um, You know, as we say... Only Diane Von Furstenberg looks good in
1: Diane Von Furstenberg. I I feel like it's fun. I feel like she never feels contrived
0: in the way that a lot of other people do. And I like that. We had previously spoken about Viola Davis in Valentino. She looks incredible. Not on theme. Totally fine. I don't know. I'm sure there's some Chanel gown that looks like that.
1: Sure. And again benefiting from wearing color. Glenn Close and Airdem, what
0: do we think? It wasn't until the top of the show that you reminded me she should have dressed like Corella (laughs) Dufa. In in hindsight, I wonder if she was on the (laughs) red carpet looking at everyone with giant hair in black and white going, motherfucker. Because... To the red carpet premiere of 101 Dalmatians, she dressed as Cruella de
1: And there were like fake Chanel costumes within that film. A missed opportunity is what I will say. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, love Glenn, but this look like, I don't know, there's something about it. It felt too matronly. It didn't feel very Chanel.
0: You know why? Because she didn't win that Oscar. And after that, she's like, fuck it. Why try? Also, I just want to note, I feel like the Met Gala has less and less kind of OG
1: fashion personalities every single year. Whereas it used to be all of those kinds of women. So I really love seeing people like Amy Fine Collins who wore Tom Brown, um, Tom Brown makes more sense on her than on any other living human being, and I respect that, and I feel like she's someone that's so essential to the fabric of New York that it's nice to see her. And also, I don't know if you saw Lisa Love I from Vogue, who, like, slaying it. Like, chic as fuck, like she really brought this sort of correct women of a certain age glamour to this event.
0: Yeah, what I liked about Amy Fine Collins' look is the, the nautical Tom Brown anchor that was on her shirt from a distance kind of mimicked the CC of Chanel.
1: Yeah, it was really good.
0: Moving on to It Girls. I will say, as I've previously spoken about, I'm so removed from pop culture that I haven't even dived into what should be my favorite thing and the only thing I want to talk about is the New York Magazine It Girl issue. Well, I am a New York Magazine subscriber and I
1: still have not received that issue. (gasps) So we can't talk about it now, obviously, but even if we talk about this a year from now, it is happening. I can't wait to really dive deep into that issue with you. But for now, let's just acknowledge the It Girls that attended the Met Gala, starting with the ultimate... Kate Moss and Leela Moss.
0: It's a combo because it's It Girl and Nepo Baby combo.
1: I think they both look great. And I feel like Leela's dress in particular was amazing. They wore Fendi because I feel like that dress really spoke to a facet of Carl's aesthetic that not a lot of people referenced, which was a lot of those like poofy, young, playful dresses. And I, right. I feel like we didn't see a lot of that. And also it was like this beautiful peach color feathers. I just I feel like it it was really perfect for her.
0: And I feel like in the past few years, I forget if it was last year that Kate Moss and Leela attended again. When Lila was in that Tool Burberry, that like completely see through outfit, I do like that. I think her mom is letting her. Not that Kate Moss doesn't look fucking no, unreal, she looks amazing. But like letting her daughter have the moment.
1: Yeah, I feel like they both looked really, really good. Also,
0: Ivy Getty and Margella. This is a match made in heaven. They've worked together before. John Galliano from Margiela designed Ivy Getty's wedding dress. Her like insanely beautiful crazy wedding dress. Again, the person I hope just bought out all of uh, Andre Leon Talley's auction the other month, but I think this is a great mixture of John Galliano for Margella's aesthetics mixed with more niche references of Lagerfeld Chanel work. Like, that gray that she was wearing, I feel like, is so specifically Lagerfeld, and that's a colorway we didn't see often.
1: Like, if you saw that girl at this party, you'd be like, oh, that's the cool girl. Like, I'd feel the same way if I saw, like, Arena Shake. Oh, yeah. It's like a, a different and cooler way to approach an event like this where everyone looks very frou-frou. But I believe FK Twigs also wore Margiela, which is great. I feel like there's not enough Margiela representation on the Met Gala red carpet ever, so I'm, you know, appreciative whenever someone wears it. I would love to know what you think of Devin Aoki and Jeremy Scott. I was really into it. It was a full couple's look. I think it was really special seeing her there because she's never gone to the Met before and she's both Carl's muse and and Jeremy's muse, so they have that shared history, and there's something about it that made me feel really warm and fuzzy.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm of two minds. I didn't care for the look as much. My initial thought was I would have rather her in vintage Chanel, but maybe that's sadder, like she's trying to recapture
1: the past. But she also needs to be there for Jeremy, who's, you know, not at Moschino, I guess focusing more on his eponymous label now. So something that
0: I need to ask you about, I saw this on Dumois. They reposted someone else's stories that said that Jeremy Scott and Karl Lagerfeld dated in the early 2000s. I have never heard this. I haven't heard that either, but I
1: wouldn't be surprised because they definitely ran in the same circles. And I feel like Karl was into Jeremy Scott, like as a designer.
0: If anyone has more tea about this, please call the hotline. Yeah. Also, Lauren Santa Domingo in Chanel. Is this outfit available to put a deposit on a moda
1: operandi <laughs> today? <laughs> I hope so. I love this because she's actually a Chanel girl. Like, yes. this is her culture. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine her yeah. walking around your. Co- My culture is not your costume. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she is thin and rich and therefore a perfect candidate to wear Chanel, but she also has such a high taste level. Like, she's actually probably the chicest person there. Without a doubt. In part because the Olsen twins did not attend, but still. She's one of the most glamorous women in the world.
0: Yeah, there wasn't a lot of it girls of the New Guard. We talked about Lily Rose Depp not being there. Maya Hawk was there. She was in Prada. We know that her mother... Uma Thurman has had a long time relationship with Prada and it seems like it's continuing with Maya. And I thought it was a brilliant mixture of Prada aesthetics with Chanel aesthetics.
1: Totally. It looked very Chanel, which is kind of unusual because I feel like a lot of times Prada just like will not conform to the theme. Right. Whatever they put on a celebrity just looks like Prada. But I think this was kind of perfect. And I think it was the kitten heel that made it. Like a white kitten heel pump was such a cunty and cool and young choice. I feel like people really need to consider kitten heels and flats at the Met Gala. It's much easier when you're 5'10 to make that choice. Lastly, Emrata and Tori Birch. Look, I love her as a person, but I suspect that her Met Gala looks are dictated by who is paying her. Like, she wore Vera Wang not that long ago. She was obviously paid for that. Like, she could wear any designer that she wants. So this just makes me think that she wanted the check. But you know what? A check's a check.
0: The check and being invited. And that's who invited her quite literally to the ball. I'm sure that she could go with someone else. I think that there
1: is, I just suspect, because there's no other reason for this.
0: What would have been crazier is if she were in the other violin dress. Remember like a month ago, she was spotted making out with Harry Styles? So like if Olivia Wilde, his ex, was in the oh the other
1: violin dress. Oh, I didn't hear you. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And yeah, we haven't
1: really talked about that. But yes, people do get paid to go to the Met Gala to wear certain designers. It's why I haven't seen it in recent years, but it's why, you know, remember when there was always one person in H&M?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Which like Like the one year that H&M... Isn't at the Met Gala is the year that like Karl Lagerfeld is the one that started those brand collabs with H and M. If there was a
1: time to come back, it would be now. Yay, yay, yay! On to other looks that were great
0: but maybe less themy. I found it interesting. We were talking about this in our group chat with our mentor Jessica Glasscock. A lot of people went gothy this year. Yeah, Billie Eilish being one of them. Well, you either had to go black or white or black and white. But
1: Billie Eilish, yeah, she wore Simone Rocha into it again if I'm at this party I see her from across the room I'm like oh that's the cool girl and I think it's intuitive combination of person and brand also I mentioned this briefly at the top of the show but really loved Emma Chamberlain and Miu Miu so chic I'm talking about the blue one not the black one that she changed into for the Vogue live stream
0: she almost immediately switched into a different outfit that was pretty similar but this one was black and white and more Lagerfeld cosplay y to interview.
1: No, the first one was Lagerfeld though, but it was like in a way that like no one else got to because no one would wear color. Right. Like it did very much feel like one of those pastel skirt suits from one of the nineties collections. But I love the fact that they put her in a maxi skirt because it would have been very easy to do a mini that's so Mew Mew. That's so Carl. It made it look really, really elegant um, and like cooler than I would expect, I guess. And the puffy headband was a cute addition as well. What did you think of Jenna Ortega and Tom Brown? I didn't like it. Okay. I know a lot of people liked it, but to me that makes me feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I feel like it was, I don't know, there's something about it that looked crafty to me. Like I, I get on one hand it was kind of going for a, like, Harajuku
0: vibes. Yeah, but I'm looking at it again now. It does have a little bit of a Project Runway Challenge look to it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I also want to bring
1: attention to Elle Fanning in Vivian Westwood. Yeah. She also went as a bride, but she went as some sort of, like, pagan wicker man bride, but I thought that was cool because chanel and westwood are both known for having those crazy bridal finale looks so this did feel like a logical synthesis of those two things also unlike everyone else that dressed as a bride she actually carried like an insane bouquet of flowers so it really like you got the
0: total look she committed to the bit i think shockingly no one had better placements than the Karl lagerfeld label who dressed Amber Valletta among many other people. Yeah, but they killed that look. I don't know about the Cara Delevingne one. Like, right. I think
1: that was fucked, but I think Amber Valletta actually looked incredible. And I feel like she is kind of the
0: unsung MVP of this event. Well, I mean, when you trace the origins of how we got here with the Met Gala red carpet in particular, it does start with Amber Valletta, who did dress on theme way back in 2004. For the Dangerous Liaison Show.
1: Yeah, she wore a full-ass powdered wig, which actually I'm shocked that no one wore a, a wig, like a Carl wig. I'm I'm grateful. I'm just surprised. I feel like she's just always glamorous and cool. And she always looks amazing at the Met Gala. But again, it never gets that much press because it's too chic for that. Although this was a little like
0: Bob Mackie adjacent or something. It was giving a bit of figure skater as well. Yeah. So shall we get into naming our best dressed? You go first. I'm going to give it to someone we haven't spoken about this entire podcast, which is Anne Hathaway for Versace.
1: Oh shit, yeah. We forgot about her, or I forgot about her. I liked that dress too.
0: I'm not sure how Anne Hathaway came to have a blood oath with Versace. It's not a brand I would have associated with her a year ago, but it's an amazing pairing. And I also would not have thought that Versace would do so well reinterpreting Chanel, but this was a perfect mixture of the Chanel tweet. It was a white dress. With the Versace pins, but also the Chanel pearls.
1: Yeah, it was like if a tweed Chanel suit fucked the Elizabeth Hurley dress and they had a child and this was it. Yeah, it was perfect. It's like fashion fan fiction or something. Although I do feel like someone needs to have an intervention with the hairstylist. I like the thought process of doing like big voluminous sculptural 60s. But I just, I don't think it, it works here.
0: Do you also think it's the collision of like the wispy curtain bangs and the gigantic uh, June Carter Cash hair? (laughs) Yeah, that's what it's giving actually. It's so June Carter Cash. Or like Reese Witherspoon as June Carter Cash. (laughs) By the way, do you know it's the 10th anniversary of uh, Reese Witherspoon's DUI arrest? No. So what was your best dressed? Oh, we're just doing one person? I mean, you can do multiple. One person comes to mind
1: that we haven't talked about, which is Erica Badu, who wore Marnie. I feel like she's always very overlooked at the Met Gala, but she always turns out a look, and this look is crazy. She's wearing like a thousand yards of white fringe, and it all feels very like Kenneth Anger, Holy Mountain cult leader vibes, but... I think it was great. And it was Marnie. And I like the current incarnation of Marnie a lot. So I feel like it was a good combination of person and brand. Other than Erica, for me, it's Arena Shake, it's Michaela and Kim and Schiaparelli and Doja Cat. Wow. I feel like that will be the look that people remember.
0: I mean, if we're going back to people we've talked to for men, Ki Kwan, best Lagerfeld cosplay. I feel like best story or best nostalgia moment has to be Nicole Kidman. Yes.
1: For sure.
0: I liked Dua Lipa wearing a different silhouette. It was, yeah, it was a pretty good red carpet.
1: Another men's look that was one of my favorites actually was Tom Ford, who did you see his broken camellia brooch? I know, that was genius. It looked deliberately wilted and then a petal had fallen off of it down onto the lapel below. But I really felt like it was such a beautiful way of like speaking to the fact that. Carl is irreplaceable in a lot
0: of ways. It's the kind of accessorizing that reminds us of our own mortality. Also, because I've been shooting and we pre-recorded episodes, we miss talking about the fact that Tom Ford will cease to exist. Well, that's not, the not true. Like That's fake
1: news, guys. He's stepping down as the creative director of Tom Ford. He's being
0: replaced with his right-hand man for 10,000 years. I forget his name. Yes, he's stepping down from the brand he already sold to Estee Lauder so that he can make more fabulous movies, hopefully. Yeah, highly aesthetic films. Starring
1: redheaded women. Of a certain age. So fingers crossed we get more of those. Anyway, well, I know you have to get back to it, but this has been fun.
0: Yeah, it's been great. Uh, I'm sorry to say next week we're not going to have an episode, but we do have a fabulous Patreon episode that is dropping. And then the week after that, I will be back and we will be back
1: on our bullshit. Hallelujah.
0: All right. Bye, (laughs) (laughs) Joe. Bye.